Again, why did I ever think this was a good idea? Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. Join our group of Run Disney friends as we talk about running at Walt Disney World and beyond. We'll discuss recent runs, training, upcoming races, and surprise topics suggested by you, our listeners. Well, the alarm's gone off, so let's go. Hiya, friends. Welcome to the Rise and Run podcast. We're so happy that you're here with us. As always, this is our favorite time of the week. Hope your training's going well. We're going to talk about that in a second. But first, let me introduce us here. I'm Bob. I'm here tonight with Lexi. Hello. With Jack. Hi. With John. How you doing? With Alicia. Hello. And with Allie. Hi, friends. Oh, glad to have you all here. Greg's not with us tonight. He'll be back next week. I know he's going to miss it, but uh, we'll we'll do our best without him. Hey, my friends, how's your training going? I think we had a short one last week. It was three or four miles on the Galloway plan, depending on if you're doing the challenge or if you're doing the marathon. Big one coming up this week, nine miles, still hot in most of the country. This is a time to experiment with hydration, experiment with nutrition. Gang, how you doing on your training? So, Bob, that's that's a good thing that you brought up, that people should be looking at their hydration and their fueling right around now. This is the perfect time that you want to test the waters, find what works for you. Um, on my long run this week, I tried out the salt stick fast shoes that we talked about recently on an episode and unfortunately they did not work for me um no, no. so <laughs> it wasn't a great um thing but at least i know now rather than come race day um and i can try something else no that's, that's an excellent point and here's the irony i was out saturday on a hot day i really wish i had the fast shoes because they work for me so it, Alicia, you got to try them and they didn't work for you. You're not going to try them anymore. So nope. when you, when you come to wine and dine, bring your leftovers. Okay. <laughs> Wait, me and Bob will share. Me and Bob will share. Okay. Yeah. I'll share them with Lexi. I mean, I'll share them with Jack. I'll share. I haven't done that. I haven't done that in a long time. I know. I'll, I'll, share, them with, I'll share them with Jack. That'll be great. Uh, anybody else have uh, anything interesting or noteworthy happened during their training this last weekend? Well, I've got a little something. Well, not, it wasn't interesting or noteworthy. <laughs> oh, I bet it was. <laughs> well, um, I had life happen. Um, and I was going through something in my personal life um, for the past two weeks. I have not run at all. Um, it's kind of been a struggle to even get out of the bed. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I think it's really important to realize whenever you're training for a marathon, it takes a long time and life is going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, you have hard times. Um, I know for a fact I haven't really had an appetite, so I haven't been eating normal meals, um, which now as of today, like it's getting, I'm 
pretty much back to normal. Um, but I also knew that because I hadn't been eating well, I could not run 17 miles. Yeah, um, smart. Like my schedule called for last weekend. Uh, it would not have been safe. Um, and so I skipped it. I did run five and a half. Um, and that went really well. I was, you know, it was Good. hot, but um, yeah. it did go really well. And then um, shout out to Coach Twigs for rearranging my schedule. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we adapted and uh, we moved some stuff around. I have a, my long runs coming up are going to have some walks in them as opposed to doing the entire thing with run walk. Um and we're, you know, moving forward. I just, I, I took the time that I felt like I needed to deal with life and then, you know, had the realization moment and the, the come to Jesus meeting of, okay, you have a marathon coming up in two and a half months, I think. Yeah, it's getting close. Because <laughs> I'm doing the New York City Marathon. Um, and then I have Dopey coming up. And both of those events are extremely important to me. And I just kind of was like, okay, Lexi, these are important. You want to do well in these, so you have to get up off your tush and go do it. So I'm I'm not going to say that I'm 100% yet, but I'm making the steps every single day to get back to it. That's good, Lexi. I'm glad to hear that. You know who would have something to say about that, I'll bet? Our special guest for tonight, who I forgot to mention at the top of the show. But our, our special guest tonight, Jill Angie. Uh, not your average runner, I bet. Hang, hang on for that, listeners. We think you're going to enjoy it. And I think she might have words of wisdom in regard to that too, Lexi. Definitely. Okay, friends. So hang in there. The nine miles, these are starting to get tough. Now, that's the bad news. They're just starting to get tough. They. This is not an easy challenge. We've talked about that before. We're going to talk about it over and over again. It ain't easy. It's tough. It's a long journey. This is the hard part, doing the training. Get the training done. You are going to love the weekend. Speaking of race weekends, we had uh, some themes announced this week. Springtime Hi. surprise themes we were did. announced. Yeah. yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what do we think, gang? Run Disney was listening to us 100%. Yeah. <laughs> well, someone predicted it. Now that you mentioned that, we had three folks, when we did that show on themes, we had three folks who suggested that Pixar might be a great theme. Jen, Margaret, and Pamela mm -hmm. just generically said Pixar would be a great idea. And Joanne got a little more specific. She thought Toy Story would be a great idea for a theme. Kind of nailed it there, ladies. Way to go, all four of you. Uh, what did you think of the themes, guys? Well, I got to do that Monsters, Inc. one. That's one of my favorite races. <laughs> I love the Nemo one. Nemo is like one of my, well, probably my favorite Pixar movie. I hate that it wasn't like an individual race, though. Like, it's the challenge. Because I'm not too happy about the Cars theme. I'm just, yeah. I don't like that movie. <laughs> eh. I've never seen it. It's a good one it's for the kids, though, too. So that's a good 5K choice, I feel like. Because um, yeah. a lot of kids love yeah. that movie. Yeah. And the first movie was fine. It was just the 15 after it. That <laughs> 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 you just 
even like much. Earth Tokyo drifting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but to be fair though, if they would have made the five k uh, Finding Nemo theme, they have all of the the new Finding Dory show. They could have brought some characters out for that Animal Kingdom. They could have re- yeah. like like they did for the um, Springtime Surprise this year. Yeah. Yeah. Disney should take our ideas. <laughs> well, it looked like fun. Um, one thing, though, if you're an annual pass holder, and I realize that's pretty much right now limited to Florida residents, and you've got the uh, sugar, it's the pirate. I don't know what it is. You got one of the mid-level the pirate, pass. Yeah. pirate pass. Okay, thank you. That's a black. That's a blackout weekend. So my wife says it's okay. She says she can shop for four days at Disney Springs. I'm going. Oh, good. That sounds like fun. <laughs> so, uh, we'll see what happens we may visit some other attractions in the area we may go over and visit with jack during the day yeah I'll be oh, actually you know what i don't know if i will so so here's the thing i um i am not going to be doing springtime surprise as much as i want that monsters incorporated uh metal and do that race um i might be moving again so okay yeah. i'm sorry so I guess- bob She's I guess coming I'm... back to me. All right. <laughs> I'm stuck at Disney Springs for four days. Okay. No, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'll be all right. I I have not decided if I'm going to do it or not. Oh, Lexi, I keep going I know back you. and forth. You're going to do it. <laughs> I know, but I just honestly, um, the, the deciding factor, well, not the deciding factor, one of, one of the factors I'm considering is the fact that you can't get perfect on this race weekend. Right. Um, and I know Alicia also talked about that being her um, not wanting... What is the word? It's Reasoning. a huge deciding factor for me. Of Yeah. I, I was pretty much planned on going, and now I really, really don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it, part part of your me, motivation It's not like an ideal gone. time to be at Disney. Um, it would just be solely going for springtime, and so just be going be- to buy people margaritas. And, yeah, and- <laughs> right, right, right. you do have the flower and garden festival going on, which is a pretty time over there. That is my favorite. But so I won't I will be, be able doing to, the springtime. I won't be able to see it because I'll be blacked out. <laughs> it's also my birthday that weekend, so Aww. I want to do it. Yeah, so I'm going. <laughs> Do we share a birthday? No, my birthday is April 13th and yours is April 16th. Yeah, right? basically. Basically. basically have the same birthday. But we, yeah, we can share a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So springtime surprise registration comes up Tuesday, August 23rd. That'll be the Tuesday after this episode releases. By the time we get the next episode, we'll have a pretty good idea who's going and who isn't from this group here. Hey. Gang, we've got some exciting merchandise news now we can finally announce publicly. I think we have made an announcement on our other social media, but we haven't talked about it because the site just went live over the weekend. So we can talk about it now here on the podcast. Uh, John, you had a lot to do with this. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Okay, so we created a shop. So head on over to riseandrunpodcast.com forward slash shop where you can pre-order the Rise and Run Tech shirts until September 5th, 2022, 
We have an approximate ship date of October 10th, 2022. So you should have them in time for Wine and Dine weekend. Also, with any shirt order, we'll be including a Rise and Run silicon wristband while supplies last. Also on the shop, you can see the collaboration we did with our friend Pam from Fluffy Fizzies, which is the Rise and Run Bounce Back Bath Bomb and the Rise and Run Bounce Back Soap. So if you click the button on the bath bomb or the soap, it will take you to the Fluffy Fizzies page to order direct from them. And if you use coupon code Happy Running, you'll get 10% off. All right. So, hey, that's kind of exciting news. Uh, also, in that same vein, 50th episode's coming up. I'll remind you, we want it to be an Ask Us Anything episode. Uh, you can ask us questions, personal questions. Jack promised she'd answer any personal question you asked. Yes. <laughs> she says hesitantly. <laughs> You can send, we, we would like it, and we realize it's not always easy, but we'd like it if you'd send us a file where we can use your voice. You can just take your phone and capture a video and ask a question that way and send that file or just email your question to the gang, all one word, at riseandrunpodcast.com. We really do want to hear from you, and we want this to be a lot of fun. I think it will be. And if you do a video, don't worry. We won't put your face out anywhere. We'll no. just use your voice. No, that's, that's true. We won't. we won't. You can be in your pajamas. It doesn't matter. You don't have yeah. to put on makeup. You don't have to do your hair. Just, you know, we're just going to use your voice. I mean, spoiler alert, I'm in my pajamas right now. We just want to hear from <laughs> you. And... Same. <laughs> no comment. Jeez, I wonder, I'm losing control here, gang. <laughs> What the heck? Reel it in. Reel us in, Bob. <laughs> All right. Let's get straightened up here. All right. Hey, we've got a special guest tonight, one I hope you're going to enjoy. Jill Angie, not your average runner. Lexi, why don't you introduce Jill for us? So today's guest, Jill, is best known for her podcast, Not Your Average Runner, where she helps fat women become runners and reach their goals. She's also the author of multiple books and programs about how to start running today in the body that you're in right now. She's a certified running and life coach and has put together group races and summits and workshops. And she's just an amazing woman. And I myself love to listen to her podcast and i know we have a couple of other avid listeners to the podcast oh, yeah <laughs> um so please welcome jill angie hi jill hi <laughs> thanks for having me absolutely we're glad that you're here um so i think to start off um how we always like to start our podcast interviews how did you get started running and what is your running story i have been a runner I, I realized the other day it's been 25 years. So wow. I started running in 1997. Uh, I was in my late 20s and um, I just I just wanted to lose weight. <laughs> that was it. It's like not an exciting story. And so I would I thought, okay, running is probably the best way to burn calories. So and that was, you know, back before plus size running gear was even a thing. So I would go and I buy these big men's t-shirts and um, I would run after dark because I didn't want anybody to see me and I would run for like 20, 30 seconds and then I'd walk and I'd run and I'd walk. 
and um, I lost zero weight. <laughs> um, but I actually started to kind of enjoy the running. I started to first it was like, oh, I felt really good after I did that. And, um, and then I started to feel a little bit more confident and, but I still didn't want anybody to know it was a very big secret because I thought people are going to make fun of me because I'm fat and fat people don't run. And then I don't know, somebody in my neighborhood that I worked with saw me running. I don't know how it, how, how I got outed, but I got outed and somebody came up to me at work, this, this woman and she she came really close to me and she kind of whispered in my ear, I know what you've been doing and I want you to know that you're my hero. And oh, that cool. just like melted my heart because I yeah. was like, like, I don't know how I, I was like, what? Here I am hiding what I'm doing. And here's this other person who is inspired by it. And so then I kind of started to do it more in public. I did a 5K, 1998, I did my first 5K. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think the rest is sort of history. I've, I've had, you know, I've been a runner off and on. I wouldn't say like I've been running straight through for 25 years. There's been, you know, maybe six months to a year at a time here and there where I wasn't running, but I always keep coming back to it. And then about 10 years ago, I thought I need to be doing something I was working for a pharmaceutical company and I thought I, I need to be doing something with my life that's helping people in a different way. And so I sort of conceived of a business where I would help. But I originally I became a personal trainer and I wanted to help fat women get strong and lift weights. Um, but I kept coming back to how much I like to run and I was training for a half marathon and it just sort of evolved from there. So yeah, it's, it's been quite a journey, but a really, really awesome one. Oh, that's awesome. You have inspired women. You've definitely helped inspire me to be a runner. A follow-up question. How did Not Your Average Runner start? Like what, what was the first thing of, I'm going to make a podcast? Um, okay. Great question. So I, in 2013, I decided I was going to write a book about how to be a fat runner. And that book was actually called Running with Curves. And that's, I, I ended up changing the name to Not Your Average Runner after a couple of years, but it was downloaded like out of like a hundred thousand times off of Amazon. Oh, wow. It was insane, the, the response that it got. And so I was getting people emailing me saying like, hey, how can you help me? I read your book. Now what? So I started a Facebook group and... Uh, I wrote a couple more books and I was just kind of like, there's gotta be a way that I can interact with people a little more closely. And somebody said, you know, you really need to start a podcast because you have a lot of stories to tell. And I thought, oh, that's crazy. No. And then I kept coming back to it and I kept coming back to it. And then finally, um, I don't, I don't know. I think somebody said, listen, will you just start the podcast already? And I said, okay, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. And then I thought, oh crap, <laughs> now I have to do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So I kind of like, you know, hemmed and hawed about it. But yeah, I think 2018 is when the first episode dropped. And it really was sort of an extension of everything else. And, and realizing that I could I could impact so many more people and I could help so many more people if I created a platform that people could listen to while they're running because nobody reads a book while they're running. <laughs> but lots of people are listening to a podcast while they're running. And you've had a lot of success with that podcast, too. Yeah, it's been downloaded like two and a half million times so far. Yeah. So what? That's awesome. Pretty well. It's yeah, it's that. it's 
gathering speed as well. So I love nope. that. We're doing okay. We're not we're not there. <laughs> we're doing okay. All right. So when listening to your podcast, you say the F word a lot, but it's not the F word most people are imagining right now. The F word I am talking about is fat. How do you become comfortable accepting that word in your everyday life as opposed to overweight, husky, or obese? Oh, this is such a good question. Um, do you want the long answer or the short answer? We got time. Go for it. Go for it. And we okay. can edit too, so we're good. Awesome. I mean, I think I've been a fat woman for most of my, all of my adult life, right? I've been varying degrees of fat, but uh, I think I've, I spent a long time hating my body and feeling shame and embarrassment about my size and desperately trying to lose weight. And of course, you know, that I would lose the weight and then I would still feel a lot of shame and and regain the weight and so forth that, you know, everybody's been through yeah, that. Yeah, same, cycle. same girl, same. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I got to a point maybe five years ago where I thought, okay, enough is enough. And, you know, you you can't hate yourself thin so let's see what happens if we just start accepting and just being kind of okay with being fat and see what happens. And so that's been a, a really intense, I, I don't know, intense journey probably isn't the right word, but it's been a journey, right? I, um, I've had to practice using that word. I've had to practice looking at myself in the mirror and not looking at my quote unquote flaws. And the more I do that work, the the easier it gets and the more neutral my views towards my body get. And a couple years ago, I, I think I started realizing, first of all, that the words overweight and obese are associated, they're they're based on the BMI scale, right. which you know <laughs> the medical establishment uses. That scale itself was created over a hundred years ago using yeah. a bunch of European men, white men, um, and then has now been applied to women and to people of color. Um, and it's it's like it doesn't like that it's been extrapolated in a totally wrong way. And now insurance companies are using it and and medical folks are using it to make decisions. So it's it's those two terms I don't like because of where they come from and what they mean. So I, I refuse to use the terms overweight and obese. Um, I also don't really care for the term plus size because it's tied to the fashion industry, which has decided that if you are greater than a size 10 or a 12, that you are quote unquote outside the norm and you're yeah, which basically- Which is a lot of women the, too. Yeah. And it's, it's like, like, it's right. It's I'm like the average woman's size <laughs> right now is a 14. So yeah. most women are plus size and yet, and so I- I, I do occasionally use that term because it's one that everybody can understand, but I also, I don't care for it. And I guess I've come to the place in my life where I'm like, well, fat is pretty descriptive <laughs> and yeah. it's, and to me, it's a neutral term. And I think the reason I use that word so much, and I'm, I'm almost like in your face and aggressive with it at this point, because I want to neutralize it. I want to destigmatize it. I want to normalize using that word to describe your body. And I know there are a lot of folks out there that are uncomfortable with it. I get that. I use it because I'm, I'm trying to do my part to, to just normalize it and normalize that fat isn't a terrible thing. It's just, it's just a bunch of cells and 
some people have more of those cells than other cells and and, and we don't have to make it mean anything um about anybody whether they're in a smaller body or a larger body like they're just bodies and so that's yeah so fat as a person whose weight word. fluctuates a lot um you know and i've gained and lost 50 pounds at a time it's okay for me to be fat at certain times and to not at other times and it's just a neutral word it's just a descriptor which i like that you're just taking it out of the it's not bad it's not good it's just a description <laughs> Yeah. It's like I have brown hair. Well, no, now right. it's mostly gray, but <laughs> I have graying brown hair. You know, no, I, I'm five foot four inches tall and I have, you know, a bunch of fat cells on my body and like, it's all just neutral. Right. I love that. Yeah. And one of the things um, I actually messaged Allie this earlier today, whenever I was listening to the most recent episode, um, one of the things you said in your last episode is that there's no definition of pace when you look up a runner in the dictionary, just like there's no weight or marker under the word health. Yes. And I was just I like, that. oh my word, <laughs> this is amazing. Because I mean, one of the things I'm going through right now, which most of our listeners have heard me talk about briefly, um, I'm having some thyroid problems. So literally, I, my body is not letting me lose weight because I'm all my hormones are messed up. So like some people have different things like PCOS and um, other health problems and, you know, that being healthy for them is staying the size that they are. And that's not a bad thing. Mm hmm. And so yeah, I love exactly. I love what you said about that. I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the sooner we let people define health for themselves, the more it's it, because I think right now in our country, in our world, it's not just the US, there's this belief that everybody should be trying to get healthier and that the healthier you are, the more worthy you are. They like it's it's become sort of this moral thing and you know, now that it's sort of politically incorrect to call somebody fat, it's like, oh, okay, but what about your health? And again, I just feel like, hey, let the individual decide for themselves what feels healthy to them, what works for them. And you know, if somebody doesn't want to be healthy, that's also okay too. Like you go, like you get, it's your body, you get to decide. Um, but yeah, there's no, there's no definition anywhere. Like even the doctors can't agree what health is. So, you know, I, I get a little fired up about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not your average listener, uh, Jill. I'm probably not your target audience. But having said that, I take something very significant out of your podcast, the one I've listened to, and that is you've got the same message for people that we do, and that message is you can do this. And I love the encouragement there, and I can definitely relate to that. You started out talking about, you said you started with a run, walk, run. You still doing that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, so I did actually, um, and it, it coincidentally, the right around the time that I did the Broad Street Run and a couple other uh, races in the Philly area, I did get myself to be able to run seven miles without stopping. And it took so much out of me. Yeah. And I did the broad street run that way. And I didn't, I wasn't able to run the whole thing. I made it like six miles and then my body just decided to walk. I didn't really have much of a choice. And, and then I kind of had to walk a couple miles and, and I, I did finish, but, 
Um, and I did a couple other races around that time where I would run straight through, but I just found it to really take a lot out of my body. And I realized if I ever want to do a half marathon, like I've got to figure out a different way to do it. And so I thought, well, when I first started running, I kind of did this run walk thing. Like maybe I could give that a try again. And so, uh, I trained for my first half marathon that way. And honestly, I just feel like for, at least for me, that's, that's the magic pill. That's the way that running feels really, really good to me. So, I, I just prefer to do it that way. And I train yeah. a lot of my clients like that too. I just, I think it's a great, especially as you're aging, I think it's a, um, it's a way to ensure that you're going to be a runner into your 60s, 70s, 80s and beyond. Once again, an entirely in agreement on that. I mean, that's the only reason I, I use, and I've, I've gotten to know Jeff Galloway pretty well. And I, I use his method and most of us do here. And I've uh, studied it, learned it. I'm part of the customized training plan. Uh, I would absolutely not be running at my age if it wasn't for run, walk, run. So that's cool. Uh, now that ties in for me a little bit to run Disney. You ever done any run Disney stuff or could some be in your future? I have not to date, um, but I'm not ruling it out. I <laughs> Florida's really hot. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not like a, a lover of the heat, but which is crazy because I live in Philadelphia and it gets really yeah. hot here in the summer. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I actually would love to do a Disney race someday. It just has not been uh, hasn't come up as an opportunity yet. But I probably will in the next probably in the next couple of years. Well, we would be happy to see you down here. And I will tell you, having lived in both places, and nobody knows this, Jill knows it. I'm wearing my, it's just coincidental, I'm wearing my Broad Street Run shirt today. I just happened to put it on. Uh, yeah, it it doesn't get a whole lot hotter here. It gets a little more humid here in the summer. The difference is you come down here in January, you leave Philly where it's 35. You come down here, it's 75, 85, high humidity. Yeah, that's tough. I agree. But you could, Jill. You can do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you haven't done a run Disney race yet, but I got two very important questions. Okay. If you were to do one, which one would it be? And two, which character would you dress up as? Oh, okay, this is good. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it would probably be the wine and dine because of the whining and the dining. <laughs> <That's> my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, excellent choice. Um, and which character would I dress as? Now, is this does this include the Star Wars universe? Anything, just think of anything you want. Anything you want. I think it would have to be Princess Leia. I have many ideas for this for this costume too. I feel like my my hydration pack. I could put like my lightsaber in there and like, <laughs> ah, nice. or maybe nice. that's, a, it might be a crossover to Ghostbusters, but um, <laughs> I would have to go as Princess Leia for sure. <laughs> I think that's absolutely amazing. Oh my goodness. Yes. So my favorite part of your podcast, Jill, uh, and I've been listening for a very long time. I started running in 2018 and I think I started listening um, right about when you did how to run a half marathon without losing your mind we'll say <laughs> and um that episode was really powerful for me because i had i was starting to run a half marathon and i felt like every time i was running i would get to the point where i would 
just loathe the run because I was beating myself up all throughout that run. Um, and so I, when I started listening to your podcast, I started realizing that there's a way to get out of my own way. You know, there's a way to get out of my own head um, because you're a mind coach, you're a life coach and a running coach. And so you have this, you've developed um, into your running program, the mindset model. And since we have some time, I'm wondering if you would not mind walking us through and doing an example of what a thought download is and how we can use it to change our thoughts about running or how that can help people work through the mental aspects of what a perceived difficult or negative, you know, run is and how they can stop that negative talk from spiraling out of control. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, this is a great question. So let me kind of briefly explain what the the model is, the coaching model, um, which I learned from the Life Coach School, which is where I went and trained. Um, and basically, it's this concept that that we have circumstances in our lives, which are the facts, they're the data, they're the, the unchanging things that are true, right? And um, not, not subject to opinion or beliefs or judgments. They're just actual facts of our lives. And then we have thoughts about those facts. And those thoughts are our judgments, our opinions, our beliefs, like what we've been programmed to think from, you know, our family of origin. And every thought that we have creates an emotion in our body, emotion, you know, like excited or unhappy or or proud, uh, motivated, right? And when we feel these emotions, when we experience these emotions, they drive us to take various actions, the things that we do. And then the cumulative result of our actions is the results that we get in our lives. So there's circumstances, thoughts, actions, sorry, circumstances, thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. So an example of a circumstance is, oh, I finished a 5K in 45 minutes, right? This is a fact. I could pull out my Garmin and say, there we go. That's the fact, right? It's not, it's not an opinion. And the fact of a 45-minute 5K, different people are going to have different opinions about those facts, right? And some, some folks might say, oh my gosh, I'm so slow. And somebody else might say, wow, I can't believe I finished in 45 minutes. I'm so proud of myself, right? So we can have all kinds of interpretations of those single facts. And then if your thought about the 45-minute 5K is, you know, that you're really slow, you might feel defeated, right? So you might have the, the emotion of feeling defeat. And when you feel defeated, the action that you probably take is maybe you cut back on your running or you don't show up for your training runs. And then the result is you actually get slower because you're not doing your training versus the person who sees the 45-minute 5K and has a thought like, oh, wow, that's a little better than last time, or I'm really proud of that, or look at me, I'm a runner, right? And and from that, they feel the emotion of maybe excitement or motivation, and then they take the action from that place of training a little bit more, or you know maybe seeking out a running coach to see what else they can do. And then the result is that they get faster. So the results that we that we get in our lives are really a result. They're not random. They're not like things that just happen to us. They're very, very often a result of our thinking. And so if you can adjust the thoughts that you have, you can create different results in your life. And so a thought download is simply the act of 
you know, taking the thoughts that you have in your mind at the moment, putting them down on paper and then saying, okay, well, when I think this thought, what do I feel? What action do I take from that feeling? And then what is the result that I get? And if you are constantly thinking, wow, I really suck at running, (laughs) right? If that's the thought you're thinking, especially while you're out running, (laughs) you're probably going to feel frustrated and then your action will be to avoid running or quit early or whatever. And, And so you can see like, oh, when I think that thought, I don't get the result that I want. So a thought download is is super powerful because it can kind of give you the state of the union of your brain. And then you say, hmm, is this really getting me what I want? Or can I choose different thoughts about my circumstances that actually drive emotions, actions, and results that I do want? One of the things that I find really interesting is that you point out is circumstances are circumstances, but a lot of the time we think that our thoughts are circumstances. So I think I'm a slow runner. It's just a fact. That's yeah. not true at all. It's not. And and the reason that I always say, if you could ask every single person on the planet, and I don't, I don't know, it's like 10 billion people, 16 billion people. I don't know. It's many people. If you could ask every single person and they all would say, yes, you are a slow runner, then okay, I will give you that as you are a slow runner. <laughs> but we know that's not true, right? Because somebody right. else might say, oh, no, that's not slow, right? And again, when you look in the definition, look up the definition of runner, there's no pace. There's, there's just nothing. Um, and so, yeah, so so if, if, you're, if your facts have adjectives or adverbs or descriptors or opinions or anything like that, that's when you know it's actually a thought. It's just a story that you're telling about the facts. One of the things that I absolutely love about this is like I remember hearing these words the first time that I listened to your podcast and I'm sitting over here like listening to you say it and it's really what I need to hear right now. So I started listening to your podcast right at the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was stuck in their homes and um, I would go on sanity walks just to get out of the house and just go on a walk and I'd put on the podcast and for however long, whether it be 45 minutes or an hour or whatever, I would just walk. Um, And all of these things um, that you just walked us through, I started implementing in dealing with everything that that season of all of our lives kind of had to (laughs) Like that was just, that was just a a sucky season. (laughs) Um, But I, I definitely, you know, I feel like you were one of the contributing factors to me changing my viewpoint of myself from, okay, I'm a runner to I'm an athlete. And I'm like over here getting emotional right now thinking about like just the journey of the past three or four years of running and, um, you know, not letting myself be defined by pace and or by size or, you know, struggling with weight and going in and out and up and down and and all of that kind of stuff. And so I just want to say thank you for the impact that you've made on my life. Um, and for all of our listeners out there, like go and just pick a random episode and just list. Like if the title hits you, I need to listen to this, listen to it because it's amazing. (laughs) So thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. Thank you for sharing that. That means a lot. 
So Jill, can you talk us through, you know, besides going back and listening to her podcast episode 33, How to Coach Yourself, can you talk us through where we start in this? So do we go to our, I mean, you do a thought download, you just write down what you're thinking. um, And then what do you do from there? Yeah. And I think that in and of itself is really, really powerful. Like even if you don't do anything else, just writing down what you're thinking so that you can see it outside of your own brain is real powerful. Cause sometimes you write things down and you're like, wait, what, what, <laughs> like, who that said that? Right and you, and you realize like, oh, you hear, you know how sometimes you'll be talking to somebody and you're talking and then you hear what you're saying and you're like, wow, I just, I just yeah. heard myself and okay, I'm not going to think that anymore. So I think that the thought download itself, that act of just writing down all the sentences in your mind at the moment is, is super powerful. Um, the second thing though, if you're, you know, after you've done that, the second thing I like to do is to, it's super simple, is to go through and underline the facts. And usually there are very few facts, <laughs> right? Unless your thought download is a shopping list, right? There's not, <laughs> it's because our brains are just meaning making machines. And so our brains are constantly scanning the world, assessing the data, and then creating meaning out of it, right? That's how we stayed alive when we didn't have cushy houses and everything. We were constantly like, is that thing dangerous? Is that a bear or is that a porcupine or is that a bush, right? Like, so our brains are constantly looking for data, assessing for danger and making meaning out of it. And so, yeah, so it's very normal that everything going through your mind, through your conscious mind is going to be mostly opinions and, and assessments. So I think that that's like the next step is go through and like underline the facts. Notice how very few facts there are. And then I just usually like grab a thought that looks like a really uncomfortable, a thought that I don't like where I, where I look at that thought and I have feelings when I think that thought, I'll put that into a model. So I'll, I'll write down the actual facts. I'll put my thought into a model and then I'll say, well, when I think that thought, what do I feel? And I'll write that emotion down. And then when I'm feeling that emotion, what am I doing? And then I'll write down the action and then the result. And then I get to just look at it and say, is this what I want? Is this really what I want? Right. And in the case of our, our 5k, if my thought is 45 minute 5k is really slow and I feel defeated. And I realize that when I keep thinking that thought, it leads me to not train or not try or to quit. I think actually that's not what I want. And I can see how I'm creating that result for myself right? It's not the fact that I'm a slow runner that is causing the, or it's not the fact that I did a 45 minute 5k that it's causing the pain. It's the fact that I make it mean that I'm slow that creates the pain and creates the result that I don't want. So that's, that's where you can start kind of like, it's like a loose tooth. You could start like wiggling and be like, play around with different thoughts. Well, maybe you, maybe you're not going to jump to, oh my gosh, I'm so excited that I finished a 5k in 45 minutes, but maybe Maybe you play around with a thought like, um, I ran a 45-minute 5K today, and that's fine, and that's okay, right? We, we go with something a little bit more neutral, and then you can sort of work your work your thoughts from there. Does that make sense? I'm, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question. Oh, it absolutely question. makes sense. Absolutely, Jill. <laughs> I, 
Yes. You know, I'm, I'm listening. <laughs> That's another thing I think we have in common. Your podcast, this podcast, our Facebook groups. We, we, I think I can speak for us, see that and we encourage it. Hey, you did a 45 minute 5k. I, just like you said, some people are going to say that's slow. Some people are going to say it's great, but if I see it, and the folks I'm looking at here and the folks in our groups, we encourage it. Way to go. Congratulations. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. I think that has a positive effect too. And I think that thoughts are the only thing you can change, right? You can't change the circumstances. You can't really change your results that you feel from your thoughts because that's just an emotional reaction. But if I start to change my thoughts, then I can start to go, I don't want to think I'm slow. And I don't want to think that's a bad job that I did. What I want to think is, wow, I got that done. What's the next step I'm going to do and feel motivated to do whatever that is, whether it's a bigger distance or a faster time, or, you know, even if it's, wow, I did a 45 minute 5k and now I want to spend some more time with my friends and I don't want to run right now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to put that down. Exactly. Whatever it is, you get to change the thoughts around it and that changes everything else that spirals to your um, your feelings about it and then your actions that and results that happen. So yeah, I think that's awesome. I think that's really powerful. <laughs> it is. And here's, here's like another sort of like advanced level coaching thing that I'll sometimes do. Like, what if we could actually say unequivocally that, yes, you actually are a slow runner. There's a, there's a standard out there and you are slow. And we're going to put that in the circumstance line of the model. Then the next thing we say is, so what? Yeah. Right. And, and I think that's so powerful because it's, it's like a lot of times we think, oh, if you're a slow runner, it's equivalent to being a fat human. It's like not quite as good right? That there's this belief out there if you're fat, like, oh, well, you know, people are like, oh, well, she's fat, but she's got a good personality, right? There's that whole thing. It's like, well, I'm a slow runner, but I'm still out there trying. It's like, who cares if you're slow? And I think like that's sort of like the next level is getting yourself to the point where you're not even judging your performance in any way. Yeah. That's I like, like running. Sort of advanced I like level. running slowly. I write, yeah. I just like it. I don't care yeah. if someone else thinks it's slow. And I think that's yeah. kind of what I've gained from you, which is really nice. Yeah, it's so powerful. Because I like, used I to put care. so much weight on what they thought. Well, they don't think yeah. I'm fast enough. or they. That's yeah. okay. I really enjoy it. Exactly. <laughs> right. and, and we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but um, it doesn't matter. I think you said this in one of, one of the podcasts that I listened to. It doesn't matter if you run a six-minute mile or a 16-minute mile. It's still a mile. And, you know, just because you think, oh, it took me seven hours to do a marathon. Dude, you did a freaking marathon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't diminish the awesomeness that less than 1% of the population has done. Yeah. Yeah. The, the amount of time is absolutely irrelevant. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, this is a question that I didn't write down, but just listening to you is so inspiring. I'm just curious, what is the most inspirational story that you got to take part in that you will always remember? I don't know how I've gotten so lucky as to have so many amazing women show up <laughs> for my uh, for my programs, but there's, okay, I'm probably going to get part of the details wrong because I was not there, but I did have um, one of my clients decided she wanted to do an ultra marathon. It was an ultra trail marathon. And I believe it was in the neighborhood of a 30, 30 mile, 30 ish miles. And 
So she decided to do this race. And because I don't know the, the women that are in my run your best life program, which I think we're going to be chatting about, uh, later, they have bonded so deeply over they're all met online. Right. And I think that's, what's so inspirational about this, but they've all met online. None of them have met in person, but they've formed a really close bond through, um, you know, through being, being together in a running group for, for fat women and especially for fat women over 40. So anyway, long story short, my, one of my clients decided to do this trail, um, ultra marathon and it was a really hot day and I'm pretty sure she got stung by a bee at some point in time. Uh, but several of my other clients in the group knew that she was doing this race, flew across the country to be there for her and to crew for her oh, and to pace her. Um, and that in and of itself, I think is amazing. And not only that, they do that for each other all the time now. So another one of my, my, um, actually one of the coaches that works for me, uh, was training for her first hundred mile race. And she, I saw that. Has, yeah. She's had like other members of the group fly out and pace her for training runs on race day, a crew of seven flew out to, uh, to crew for her, to pace her, to do all kinds of things. And so I think, I think that's the most inspirational part is to see how this running community has come together yeah. to support each other and to show up for each other no matter what. And and honestly, complete strangers, right? To just like <laughs> they joke about how, you know, their their spouses will say, So you're flying to Oregon to stay in a house with a bunch of people you've never met before <laughs> and then go into the woods with them and wait, what? Right. And it, cause it sounds like the, the plot of a serial killer movie, but it's not, it's just like, <laughs> right. I know it's just this amazing, beautiful thing. So I think that's probably, you know, the most inspirational story has got to be one of those where they've all come together to really support each other. It's magical. I truly love the running community you like everybody in it is just so inspiring and like I almost want to cry tonight hearing some of the stories because it's just so beautiful and I just want to say thank you because I've been having problems motivation wise mentally just to getting out and run I look at my shoes I'm like I just don't feel like it because I don't know what's going on with me right now but it's just like ever since I ran had my race in April I just it's been hard for me to want to go back out and spend oh, we're going to do a there. thought download with you, Jack. Or... I know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, get but ready. Like, tomorrow will be my first double-digit run since April. So I'm like really, really excited. And I know it's it's just going to be a nice 10-mile run. And it's and I have, I've done ultras, but for whatever reason, after my 50-miler, I was like, that was the pinnacle of my yeah. running career. I don't think I can get any better than that. And then I feel like my running has kind of gone downhill because my paces aren't just what they used to be. And I've gotten in my head that like, I can't get back to, oh, I'm going to cry, that I can't get back to what I was. <laughs> mm -hmm. but I'm always like, I have very positive thoughts, but sometimes you get in those head spaces. And I love the thing that you say, you write down all those facts or mm -hmm. not even facts, but everything that you have in your head and then just underline what are facts. Gosh, I'm crying mm -hmm. on this. This is so sad. <laughs> 
It's really powerful. Yeah. It's really it's a really powerful process. And and you don't even know necessarily what's going on in your head sometimes until yeah. you write it down and then go, "Oh, this might be why I've lost my motivation is because I've started to think about my running as this." So, you know, like you said, I've I've already done it. There's nothing else to achieve. Yeah. And then what do you feel or what do you, you know, feel when you think that thought is I feel like what's the point? <laughs> and then yeah. You have the result of, um, well, I guess I'm just gonna not run. So, you know, we're gonna we're gonna rework that thought with you, Jack, yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna motive we're gonna find a thought that motive. I mean, I'm speaking for Jill because I'm speaking for her. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Her courses, um, you know. But we'll we'll find a thought, and I don't know what that thought is, but maybe we can brainstorm a thought that will help you feel motivated. So, um, maybe you find a like a. I don't know. Is maybe find a little goal a good idea? I know. I think my problem is that I didn't have the right goal. Yeah. And I think that's also important when you're running is like trying to find what's good for you and what's right for you instead of assuming what you think other people think is right for you. Yeah, absolutely. Live coaching, Jill. What would you tell Jack? I know. <laughs> Those no. thoughts, like, well, I mean, when you think the thought I didn't have the right goal, how do you feel? I feel sad because I I already booked some of the race. Like I booked one race that my goal was to work on speed because I always pride myself that I, I think I'm a decent runner and I would like to hit goals. But then after booking it and then realizing, and this was after my April race, my 50 miler, I realized I just don't, I'm not motivated for that goal and the feeling that I have to serve that goal a purpose and make it a purpose because I spent the money on it. It's just putting like downer thoughts. You know what yeah. I mean? Right. I, mean, like, I have thinking, to be a certain way. Yeah. You're thinking I have to do this does not feel good in the body, does it? No. And I think I just missed the long distances. Yeah. So and, you're allowed uh, to change your mind. <laughs> You're allowed to say, you know what? I signed up for this race or this event and I don't want to do it anymore. So I'm not going to. You're actually allowed to do that. Ooh, that's powerful. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, I've done that before. I've said, oh, I signed up for this half marathon because I was all excited. And then, you know, even even gone through all the training and then thought, no, this is not what I want to do. And it's okay because I know that like some day in the future, I might want to do another half marathon. And I want to, might want to do a marathon or I might want to work on speed, right? Like, like just because you signed up for a goal doesn't mean it was the wrong goal. Um, also doesn't mean that you're married to it, right? You get to choose in any moment. You are always the authority on what works for you. But the, the other thing that I will say about goals is the reason that we sign up for races, the reason that we choose goals is because of how of the emotion that we think we're going to have after the goal has been achieved. Mm -hmm. And so think about the goal that you have right now. What is the emotion that you think you'll have if you achieve it? Um, I think it's happiness, but it's just also, I just feel really stressed out right now. <laughs> right now. Yes. <laughs> right. Because we sign up for goals because we're like, oh, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be so proud of myself. But we kind of forget about the middle part where we have to create that feeling for ourselves all along the way. Yeah. And because a, a circumstance of achieving a goal 
isn't what creates your feeling. It's your thought about it. So if you can practice creating the emotion that you think you want from the goal, Mm. practice creating that along the way throughout the training and it'll change your experience. I love that. Oh, thank you. What just happened was really powerful. So I'm trying to like process it and think at the same time. Um, that was the perfect lead in. You did it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> so, Jill, you just showed us some of your um, coaching. Can you tell us a little bit about um, the Up and Running program and who it is for? Yeah, of course. So the Up and Running program is a 30-day online class where I help women who want to start running. And specifically, it it's intended for fat women. Um, you do not have to be fat to join, <laughs> um, but we do use the F word a lot. And, um, and it's intended to help uh, fat women start running and, and create some confidence in their abilities and in their lives in general. And so we do that through, um, first of all, I teach, you know, proper running form and I teach how to figure out intervals and I teach breathing and pacing and, um, a little bit of strength training, a little bit of stretching. So a lot of like the foundational skills of running and maintaining your runner's body. And then I also, that, so that's about half the time. And then the other half of the time I spend, really teaching, you know, more deeply the skills that we talked about today, which are understanding the thoughts that are in your brain and how they're impacting you as a runner and how they're impacting your life in general, right? Because these tools aren't specific just to running. So it's kind of a, uh, it's part learn to run and it's part learn to manage your mind. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and I offer it a few times a year, but it's, it's a pretty, a powerful program, I think, especially for people who come to the class thinking either that they're too fat to run or that they have to be fast to be a runner or, you know, it's a lot of, like, I think of the woman who's like me and, you know, tried to run the mile in school and was always the last one and, and could never like keep up with everybody and just never felt athletic and always thought, oh, I'm just... I'm just not good at this, right? Like that's who this class is for because I want to help um, all women just sort of embrace their inner athlete and feel excited and proud and confident about it as well. Jill, wonderful wrap up. Where would someone find out more about that? Um, So you can go to notyouraveragerunner.com slash up and running and all the information is there. You can also just go to my website, notyouraveragerunner.com. Um, we are, uh, the, the class opens for new students on September 11th. And I think the actual class starts, I don't know the exact date off the top of my head, but approximately 10 days after that. So probably around the, the 21st, 22nd of September. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great program. I've literally thousands of women have taken the class so far. I'm really, um, I'm really proud of that. So it's, uh, it's quite the little movement. <laughs> well, you, you should be proud of it. I think it's very, very impressive. We'll make sure that those links go into our show notes also. So it'll make easier, make it easier for listeners to find. So at you, when you take this class, like anytime I teach it live, you get to take it again for free. So it's like you, you pay one fee to take the class and then you just get to keep taking it again as, as often as you want. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'll be offering it at least once a year 
Um, uh, this is the last time I'm offering it this year will be this September. And then, um, it'll be offered again, probably next summer, 2023 <laughs> to do the math there for a second. Um, but yeah, you get, you can get lifetime, lifetime access to it. We heard about your up, your, uh, up and running program. Uh, you completed that. Do you have any other programs that you offer for, uh, your, uh, listeners? I do actually. So for everybody who's made it through the up and running program, at the end of that, they'll get an invitation invitation to join my um, I, another coaching program I have called Run Your Best Life, which is essentially for folks that have taken the basics with me of both running and mind work. And then from there, uh, that's sort of like a monthly membership. It's almost like a gym membership and you just can, we do uh, live coaching uh, several times a week. And that's where I have people that are training for 10Ks, half marathons, full marathons, ultras, triathlons. Um, we do a lot of fun stuff in that group too. We have like, you know, every so often we'll have a live strength training class or a live yoga class or um, one of the coaches that works for me is also a professional chef. And so she'll teach a cooking class live. And so that, and that is um, where a lot of like some of the amazing community has come in. So these women graduated from from up and running, joined Run Your Best Life, and then have really gotten to know each other well over the the months and years. So that's, that's super yeah. cool. Yeah, that is that's super, super cool. cool. Outstanding. Now, as much fun as that was, Jill, you don't get away yet. We have one more thing for you. Allie, you're up. Okay. All right. So we have rapid fire Philly edition with the help of Greg and Bob, because they are both um, also from Philly. Um, so if I mispronounce something or I say something wrong, <laughs> let me know. Um, so first rapid fire question. You ready, Jill? Yep. Gritty or the fanatic? Gritty all the way. <laughs> Definitely. It's the eyes. It is the googly eyes. And I, I feel like gritty embodies the Philly spirit more than anything else. It is he's he's a misfit and he's lovable and yeah, Oh, I love that. Great. Yeah. Okay. Running questions. What's your favorite race distance? Um I do like half marathons, but also I like 5K. So I would have to say probably right now the 5K is my favorite race distance because okay. I don't have to train for it. I can just show up and do it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Fueling question. Whiz wit or whiz wit out? Whiz wit. <laughs> I have no idea what that good means. Answer. <laughs> good answer. That's good answer. That's, that's the right answer. Okay, that's the right answer. <laughs> Fueling question for real. What's your favorite fuel on a long run? Um, I love cliff shot blocks, although I have to be careful not to get the ones that are caffeinated because I don't, my body doesn't tolerate caffeine, mm -hmm. but I also am partial to birthday cake goo. And I will, if I oh, have like a half marathon, yes. I will take one packet of that and have like, and divide it amongst two little fueling events. So yeah. Ooh, I have that not tried amazing. that. It's the only goo, it's the only flavor of goo I can tolerate. It literally tastes like buttercream frosting. It's delightful. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait, have you tried the s'mores one? I have not. Oh, my goodness. Does I, it have I caffeine? Was, I don't remember, but I, I was like literally on the birthday cake one for a while, and then someone introduced me to s'mores, and it changed my life. 
All right. I will give that a try. <laughs> I'll give that a try. Do you have a favorite podcast episode that you've done on Not Your Average Runner? There was there was one episode and I can't remember the number, but it was it was when I was training for the Philly Marathon and it was and I I'll try to look the number up so you guys can put it in the show notes. But it was right after I did my first 16 mile run. And while I was, while I was doing, I did a half marathon and I grabbed my medal and then I just kept going to get the other three miles of my 16 miles in. And it was on that three miles. It was the farthest I'd ever run that I just, I had a mental moment where I was like, I cannot do this. This feels awful. And then some, there was a voice in my brain said, no, these are the miles that you came for. I know it's my favorite episode. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that probably is because in that episode, that's the, I talked about that. I'll look it up and figure out which one it is. Yeah. Yeah, You guys need to listen to that episode. Um, Last question. Hydration, water or water? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not originally from Philadelphia, so I say water. Oh. Did I do okay with the pronunciation of that, Bob? You did okay. It took me 10 years to get water out of my <laughs> vocabulary. People would look at me funny. Hey, uh, how about a glass of water? Not to say I, it's gone yeah. now. Yep. It's gone. Yeah. But how about a glass of water? Water. Yeah. People would look at me You've funny. been a good sport. Thank good you for answer. all of your rapid fire answers. They were all correct. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for joining us, Jill. We really, really oh, appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. Too. This has been delightful. Thank you so much for having me. Jill, thanks again. One more thing Jill told us uh, after we were leaving that another fun place to follow her is on her Instagram account at Not Your Average Runner. She says there's lots of, she says there's lots of fun stuff there. I will take her at her word and I bet it is. She she was a fun interview, so I think that would be pretty cool. Hey, upcoming shows next week. Coach Chris Twiggs is back with us. Primarily, Chris will be here to talk about his adventures at the Hard Rock 100, an amazing event. I'm looking forward to that. The week after that, Martinez Evans of 300 Pounds and Running fame is with us. Episode 48, Michael Gabriel, Run the Small World, will be with us. Then I remind you one more time about episode 50, our Ask Us Anything episode. My friends, this Thursday night, is a Zoom get-together, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I will have the login information posted to the Facebook group. Before we get into the race report, I, I want to talk for just a moment. You hear me using the phrase that this is a family to me, that this is a this community, not just the people here, not just the people I've met, but all the folks who are part of the Run Disney community and part of the Rise and Run podcast community, the Rise and Runners, as someone has dubbed us, it's become it's become very important to me and it has become very close to me. Well, we had a loss in this family just this week. Two weeks ago, you may remember us talking with Justin about his run that ended at Fenway Park. Well, earlier, earlier this week, Justin's father, Mark, passed away. Now, Mark died. Mark's four months younger than I am. I, I never met him, of course. I've never met Justin. But uh, it still touched me. He served in Vietnam in the Navy. He, uh, he loved to travel. 
traveled throughout the world. I think Justin said he'd been to all the major league ballparks in the U.S. for baseball games. I, I, I would have liked this guy. We would have gotten along. We were nearly the same age. In fact, Mark was four months younger than I am when he passed. And uh, anybody that uh, served the country, anybody that goes to all the baseball parks, I know we'd have gotten along. But as, he, as much as he loved to travel, his favorite place to go was Walt Disney World. So he's going to be missed. Justin, uh, I was chatting with him online earlier today. And he said that Mark's prayer card won't have a traditional prayer, but it'll have the words to there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. And that really, that really choked me up when I read it. Um, Justin said he loved the Carousel of Progress. He tried to drag him in there every time they got to the park. If you're so inclined, donations can be made in Mark, and I hope I pronounced this last name correctly. Even though I've talked to Justin before, I never asked him to pronounce his last name. It's G-O-U-J-O-N, Mark, and I think it's Gujon. Uh, you can make donations to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. They're welcome so that the magic of Disney and other wishes can be shared with others in Mark's name. Now, it's time for the race report. One run on Friday night, our friend Tommy ran the Cedar Breaks at Night Half Marathon in Utah. This thing sounded really cool. Uh, I got a chance to listen to Tommy talk about it on the customized training plan Zoom this morning. It's a high-altitude run. They were up around 10,000, 11,000 feet. Challenging terrain, lots of injuries. Uh, Tommy got banged up a little bit, but she, she finished in one piece. Um, a lot of DN, well, they were calling them DNQs, not DNFs, but she, the cutoff on this thing, I think was four hours for the half. She was close to the cutoff and being, but she, but she beat it, but being close to the cutoff, she was still in the top half of the field. So it was that challenging of a run. It also looked like it was, it could have been beautiful, although I think it was cloudy. Uh, for most of the night, so they didn't get to see any of the Perseid meteor shower. Okay, then on Saturday, let's start with this one. This one sounds like fun. The Wolfstock Survivor 5K and Dog Walk in Fishers, Indiana. And friends, if you've been listening, you know by now that Fishers, Indiana can only mean one thing. That's got to be Jeff ran that one. That's like Fort Chaffee, Arkansas means Joe. Fishers means Jeff. And guess who's in the spotlight this week? Jeff, how you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Doing real good, Bob. Great. Hey, thanks for joining us. Like I say, we have more fun on this than the law should allow. Uh, Jeff, let's start out like we usually do. When did you get started running? I probably did just a, you know, a couple miles running. Uh, did it for supplement other sports. I was always really active. Up to high school, I played basketball and baseball, and then I realized I wasn't going to get a, a basketball scholarship being six foot, uh, ah. especially wanting to go wanting to go to Purdue. So I turned yeah, academics. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So I just kind of turned to academics, and then when I got out of college, I one of my one of the things I always wanted to do is martial arts. So I did that, and that's actually where I met my wife, and then uh, played tennis in that. And then uh, two thousand seven, I got to bug to do uh, my first half marathon. 
And so I actually signed up for two within two weeks because being an engineer, it was kind of like, I want to plan out, okay, if this one doesn't go off well, what did I learn from it? And get right back on that uh, there horse. There you go. So I did the uh, the Indy Mini in 07, and then I did the Geist Half two weeks later, which got me into the Half Fanatics. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right. right. That. right. And then in 08, I said I bumped it up uh, to the marathon. So I did the Indianapolis Marathon in Lawrence, Indiana. And then uh, same thing, two weeks later, I wound up doing the Monumental because it's like, okay, if this one doesn't go off very well, I want to make sure I get one under the belt. And on the Disney side, I kept seeing the ads for uh, Run Disney and Runner's World. So I said, ah, maybe I want to do this goofy challenge thing. So in 2009, we did uh, our I did we did our first race weekend. Uh, and technically, the first race wound up being it was the Circle of Life 5K because we said, well, we're already here. Let's just do the 5K, too. And then I did the goofy challenge. In, and, in 09, huh? Yes. Way and back. then we were, cool. we were planning on every three years uh, going down there. And we so we went in 12. My wife ran her first marathon. I ran it with her. Then in 14, a little uh, little dwarf came into our radar and said, hey, why don't we do this one? So I took the wife out for a walk with the dogs. And I said, they got this thing coming up. I'm not sure if you're interested. And she said, oh, yeah, let's do that one. So she did the first two. And then... Uh, I just kept going. So I've been, uh, I say, a perfect dopey in more ways than one now. It's official. Yeah. Now, a perfect dopey is different than being perfectly dopey. That's Those are entirely different things. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. Jeff, I do so many of these, I get confused. But I remember seeing that now that you're a perfect dopey. So we'll see you down there for that. That's cool. Uh, You mentioned one of the country's great runs. The Indy Mini Marathon. You still doing that one? Yes, we we go through like we'll do it for like two or three years and take a couple of years off, uh, and then do it for another two or three years. Uh, it's very crowded, but it's a lot of people around, just like uh, running the Chicago Marathon. Uh, but then you get to go around the track, and then you just hope it's not sunny out there because there is no shade for two and a half miles. No, and that asphalt's unforgiving. The heat coming off of there, I'm sure. Yeah. Got a quick question. Do you kiss the bricks at the end? Oh, yes. Oh, cool. Uh, we could, it, it's at uh, a little past the halfway point because you run out to the track, you do your loop, and you come back uh, downtown. So, yeah, we've kissed the bricks. Very cool. That's a good one. That's one on my list, Jeff. I I don't know if I'll get there or not, but that's we had talked about it a little bit before we pressed the record button. It was at one point the country's biggest half. Don't yes. know if it still is or not, but it's the big one, I, right? Yeah, I'd have to double check because it takes about, uh, depending on how far back you are, it could take like 40, 45 minutes for you to finally cross the start line to get mm. going. Yeah, it sounds so, like yeah, the, uh, the The Kenyans and Ethiopians are already on their way back by the time uh, some yeah. people are getting started. Well, that's not fair. You never had a chance. Anyway, There's actually gonna... times when I hit the track and they had the big screen. I'm watching the finisher go. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. That's a good one. But. We want to hear about Wolfstock. Tell us about Wolfstock this last weekend. The Wolfstock uh, 5K, it's a uh, fundraising 5K for the uh, Hamilton County Humane Society, which uh, they've actually, they moved their office. They're only about a mile and a half from our house. So the, I volunteered there a long time ago, but it was a little far away. And now it's really close. So my wife volunteers over there. Uh, she does, well, she just does the laundry, the facilities and cat socializing. That way she knows she won't bring home another dog. 
<laughs> That's funny. We're, we're, we're definitely a dog family. Oh, I get so, it. I can totally relate. So yeah. it was uh, a tip. Fishers, as we we're talking about, uh, yeah, a pretty vibrant uh, running community. So we have like, if we're going to do a 5K, okay, it's almost like here's your route you're going to have. You're going to start over in this area, and here's how you're going to go up and down and come back this side. So it was, I say, the, the typical Fishers 5K uh, started near the uh, city complex and went around, came back over there. But they also had uh, dogs were allowed for it, so there were a lot of all shapes and sizes, and they're walking. Besides, they did the 5K into one mile. Uh, there were two little dachshunds we were uh, kind of saw, and I, when we went back around the course, they were still going. So they, oh. that's what that's the one you want to put your uh, your Fitbit on, get those steps in. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. It sounds like fun. Yeah, but uh, and all, and all the money raised just went back to because uh, they just moved. It goes back to their facilities and uh, to help out, like especially the senior dogs, because they're a no kill shelter. Uh, so they, they get a lot of bigger dogs that, you know, and cast offs and whatnot. So it's just a way to kind of keep them and keep them fostered. Very neat. Yeah, we we mentioned Fishers and I I kind of joke about it a little bit, but Fishers is an Indianapolis suburb and the number of runs they have is genuinely impressive. We have yeah, we have a lot. It's uh I and it goes, I mean, all year long. Uh, there's a, there's another spot in Fishers that they have a, a lot of them also. So we have like two main, I say, race courses that we we can utilize. But there's all kinds of different events that go on, um, from uh, the Honor of the Brave 5K Memorial Day weekend all the way through. Uh, it's going to be for the fall, and then uh, we have our Freedom Festival the week before Fourth of July. So they'll have a run for that and everything. So it's uh, yeah, we're it's pretty vibrant, uh, pretty out uh, outdoorsy kind of community. Pretty neat. What do you got coming up, Jeff? Uh. I think we're off for a little bit for August and September, just gearing up for, well, I got the, uh, my last, I'd say a catered training run. I'll do the Indianapolis, uh, half marathon. Uh, I'll run that one with my wife, uh, the week before the Chicago marathon. And then, uh, I have that, uh, over Columbus day weekend. You're in Chicago. Uh, so cool. I, yes. I got, I'm a, well, I'm originally from the Chicago area and that's why I did the uh, run your socks off 5k the week before. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep. And then uh, I'm a, I wound up going up there enough that if you do five within 10 years, you become a legacy runner. So I've done it that way. So then I, I don't have to worry about the lottery. Very good. So I'll go up there. So this will be, that'll be my eighth Chicago marathon. Wow. Uh, or I've, sorry, I've done eight. It'll be my ninth. And then, cause I was counting up in, in relationship for this. Uh, my wife counted up all our medals. This we've done 29 run Disney weekends. And we've gotten 116 medals that are de- from uh, downstairs, all the challenges and whatnot. So, <laughs> yeah, I was counting mine up yesterday. I'm not there, buddy. I'm in the 40s somewhere. That's impressive. Well, well there was there was one year we did in 14 and 15. We did both races, all the races, coast to coast, except for the Avengers. So we had the regular, the pink, and the Kessel Run uh, coast to coast. So this is a uh, one of the advantages of being dinks, dual income, no kids. <laughs> well, that's outstanding, man. That's great. Uh, John, did you have anything? Uh, so uh, I looked at your profile picture. You just popped up. So do you run in costume or what do you do? Uh, well, we do run. Uh, I'll do like, it's like running Disney bounding. A lot of Etsy costumes. They're like for, made for running. Uh, so 
uh, that way it's kind of like, yeah, I'm still like, I have a lot of dopey variations of uh, dopey and then whatever the theme is, I'll pick up something else. Uh, I have the first costume I probably ran in. I did the 2009 Las Vegas rock and roll marathon and we ran as Elvis. Uh, but it, with an actual running type costume, so I had the most moisture wicking, still was hot. But we do, uh, and then my, my wife and I will do uh, different themes, um, depending on, like we'll do Donald and Daisy a lot, because I'm a big uh, Duck fan. My license plate is McDuck. Cool. And uh, oh, we'll do Mickey and Minnie. Uh, we did, uh, if it's cold enough, we will do uh, Dr. Doofenshmirtz and Perry the Platypus. So it's kind of... Uh, so we do we do a variety. So we'll we'll try to have a little fun with it. Good stuff. Good and stuff, the, Jeff. The fo- yeah, and the photo I had on there. I'm a member of the 501st and Rebel Legion, so we do a lot of uh, the trooping for charity events and stuff. So that's the one that's up there right now. I see the dog, so I thought it might have been part yeah. of Wolfstock. Yeah, no, that would uh, no, that was just the same day. It was a different dog charity that we did a, a Star Wars um, uh, appearance for. Very nice. Well, Jeff, we look forward to seeing you in January. We'll we'll be there. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Also on Saturday, the Midsummer Nights Run 5K in Lexington, Kentucky. Cody did that. It was Cody's first race in 10 years, he said. His daughter finished second amongst the three-year-old in the kids' dash, and she did it in Crocs. Pretty cool. She says next. I, she says next year she's going to do it in racing shoes. I asked Cody, you know, what are we getting here, Brooks or Hoka's or Nikes, and he said the pretty colored ones probably. It's a four-year-old for crying out loud. In Palmyra, New York, on Saturday, the Jolly Roger 5K. Brian and Karen finished that. Brian did a PR by 30 seconds. Sent some nice photos of the run. Thank you for that. Uh, no notes from Alicia who did the castaway K five K she's probably still at sea. Uh, Jay went to the Antigo tater trot 10 K in Antigua, Wisconsin and got rained out, sent some pictures. It looked like it was just pouring. So a game of five pound bag of potatoes. I was chatting with Jeff online. I said, you know, when handed lemons make lemonade, right? So I figure, he was handed potatoes. Maybe he made potato salad. I don't know what he did. It sounded like they had fun. He said they went to a local brewery and barbecue and had a good time. They took their five-pound bag of potatoes and went home. Our buddy Pamela of the Council of Costumes fame at the last minute decided to do the Gopher to Badger 10K from Stillwater, Minnesota to Hudson, Wisconsin. She had to drive about 45 minutes just to get there. So it was a super early start. She talked about how they took buses. They had, a, I think, a 5K, a 10K, and a half. And they took the buses all at the same time to three different start points. So they all finished at the same place. Pam did the 10K and got a PR in costume, of course. In Central Florida and Orlando, the celebration of running 5K. Margaret's back at it. We haven't heard from Margaret in a while. This is Margaret's first run in a month. It, not a lot of runs in Central Florida in July. It's just too hot. Uh, of course, August ain't much better, but she did this one. It's the, It was her first in a month and the first of six in the Track Shack series of runs. It was a Track Shack anniversary, so they had cupcakes on the course and a big sale afterward. Margaret said she got several pair of shoes. 
Kristen had signed up for the Leadville Trail 10K in Leadville, Colorado. Didn't hear anything about that. Karen, Karen did a do-for-fun duathlon out in California. I'm not sure which city. Finished first place amongst all women in the duathlon. Way to go, Karen. Uh, Brianna. Brianna did the Jack Duffy Memorial 5K in Horsham, Pennsylvania. Now, see, the thing is, the week before, Brianna went down the shore. That's right. Brianna's a Pennsylvania girl, so she did not go to the beach. She went down the shore. She got sunburned feet. That hurts. So Brianna couldn't run for a week, but she did this 5K. She said she finished just shy of her 5K PR, but somewhere within the 5K, she PR'd a mile. She's not sure where it is, but her Garmin keeps track, and some mile that she ran, she set a PR there. Okay, let's take a quick look at next week on Wednesday, which means it's already been done. Brian and Karen again have the Hot Summer Night 5K in Rochester, New York. Hope you had fun with that one. Jason has the Hot Hatch Chili 10K in South Lake, Texas. Lauren is running a 10K. Matt is running a half at the Area 31 Out of This World Run in Roswell, Georgia. Ah, you thought I was going to say New Mexico, didn't you? Then on Sunday, the Aloha Run 10K, not in Honolulu, but in Long Beach, California. Ruth is running that one. And our good friend Mandy is running the Leading Ladies Marathon in Spearfish, South Dakota. Mandy will be with us next week on the Race Report Spotlight. So that wraps up the Race Report for this week, which means that we're bringing this episode to a close. Always a sad time. We have so much fun visiting with you. Hope your training's going well and it continues to go well. And so, my friends, and if you run, you are our friends. Thanks for visiting with us. We look forward to visiting again next week. Until then, happy running. The Rise and Run podcast discusses general information about Run Disney and is in no way affiliated with Run Disney or the Walt Disney Company. Any information or advice discussed on this podcast should not be considered medical advice and should always consult with your healthcare provider or event organizer.